Hello, everyone. We are Tim and Lisa Mahan. Welcome, you guys, to God Talk. All right. Uh, last episode, we talked about the rapture. And actually, when we finished that episode, we said that next we would be talking about the tribulation. But after we had finished with the last podcast and did some talking and and praying and thinking, it's like, you know, we need to share a little bit more on the rapture. So we're actually going to take uh, the second episode in the end time series and continue talking about the rapture. And then we'll move on to the tribulation. Mm -hmm. And in talking about this, actually, um, this is something that has been on our hearts for a really long time. And as we talked about it today, it's not necessarily going to be a perfect representation of all of the different ways that you can talk about this. But what our heart is, is that you'll get what's going on as you look around and you won't be afraid and you won't be wondering, gee, you know, and be, be, gee, I'm confused. I don't know what's happening. And so part of the reason of us doing this is because it's a hot topic right now. A lot of people that we run into, and I think we mentioned this before, are wondering what's going on. Even believers who haven't thought maybe about God for a long time even are saying, wow, God's coming back. And so we just want to bring some clarity to it because one of the things, and we'll talk about it later in the last days, is that there'll be some major confusion. Absolutely. And so that, so for the scholar, theologian, we are intentionally keeping this simple. We are. We'll, we'll go over some scriptures and stuff, but... You know, we're not going to cover a vast, probably, majority of what, like you were saying, a scholar might want to do. But what we would encourage folks to do that are listening to this is to is to dig deeper on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as Lisa said, we're not trying to make this like a, a perfect, all-inclusive teaching. We're just explaining mm-hmm. things the way that we feel like God has shown us, you know, what they mean and what the scriptures mean. And... and yeah, like you said, really, we're doing this because everywhere we go, it seems like there's somebody bringing this topic up. Even even our tax guy, oh, we had yeah. our taxes done. That <laughs> oh, was yeah. last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we even were talking about it with him. He even brought it up. And mm-hmm. it, so this is a topic that needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, a lot of people don't understand the end times. And so for believers, there could be some fear in there. Because some believers might think they have to go through the tribulation, right? And we don't believe you do. And we'll get more into that here in a minute. But so believers need to understand the end time so they know what to expect. And that they can and they can welcome in the end times from a position of peace mm-hmm. and not fear. Mm-hmm. For the unbelievers, once the rapture occurs, um, they're going to want to know what happened. Right. And so they need to understand. And, and I'm sure there are tons of books and tons of teachings out there that people that are left behind uh, that aren't raptured that do become believers. They'll have information to go to to figure out what happened and mm. and and where they're at in the end times um, list of events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just so you guys know, I just wanted to lay that out there because it's actually harder to make it more simple because when you start getting into it and start studying it, the depths and the levels and the directions that you could go, we could spend months and months and months talking about 
all of the end time stuff. All, all yeah. of it, I mean, end times, all of it encapsulated together. The rapture, tribulation, second coming, thousand year reign, new heaven, new earth. We could talk about that for a really long time. And our goal is not to do that. So we're looking at the calendar today and saying, okay, this could be about a, a month of doing this. And we've been wanting to do it for a long time. And so, um, and Tim would never admit it, but he's a, a deep teacher person. So for us to skim it is really, um, <laughs> is really a challenge. And I am also, but I, I, I flow more revelatory and, and prophetically. And so that's why we make a good team. That's why we're an awesome team. <laughs> okay. So I'll quit. I'll stop with my little intro and we can get going. Oh, that, that was good. <laughs> I think that was important to talk about. And you mentioned the end times timeline. And so let's just do a quick review of that. Um, last episode, as well as this episode, we're talking about what we believe to be the very first event in the list of events that make up the end times. Okay. This first event is the rapture. That's where all believers are taken up to meet Jesus in the air. And we'll be with him from that point forward. So that's the rapture. That's the first main event in the end times timeline. Before the tribulation. Right. So immediately following the rapture, though, comes that tribulation. And the tribulation is actually a seven-year period, and it's also known as God's wrath. That's where his wrath is poured out on the planet. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll get into that um, in the next couple of podcasts. Mm -hmm. And that one is broken into oftentimes when people talk about it in three and a half year sections. Yep. Two, okay. two three and a half year periods make up the seven year tribulation. And in the rapture, Jesus is not touching down. He is not touching down. We're going to meet him in the We're air. We're going to high five him in the air. A high five in the air. That's right. You said that last that's time. Right. Right? Well, because that's my picture. All right. That's okay. a good picture. We're all going to high five in the air. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you have the, the rapture followed immediately by the seven years of tribulation. At the end of the seven years of tribulation, the third main event is the second coming of Christ. And that is when he actually, you mentioned, we're going to meet Jesus in the air during the rapture. Mm -hmm. The second coming is when he comes all the way back down to earth. So he literally touches down on earth on the Mount of Olives outside of Jerusalem. Okay. So that's when he makes contact with the earth. Right. With his body or yep. his spirit. His spirit. So that's when he makes contact. <laughs> Right. Well, his, his body, right? He right, lands. His body. Yeah, he his lands. physical body. He's going to make a landing. Yep. So <laughs> okay. after the second coming, then the fourth main event is called the thousand-year reign. And so once Jesus touches down at the second coming, he remains on earth with all of us for a thousand years to reign. And we'll get more into that in a later uh, episode of this podcast series. And then the last thing, the fifth main event is the new heaven and the new earth. When this earth and heaven are done, mm. when God gets rid of this earth and this heaven that we know today, it will be replaced with a new heaven and a new earth. And Revelation also talks about the new Jerusalem. That's okay. where we'll live for okay. eternity. So if you wanted to talk about the end times timeline, I know this is overkill, but we're saying there's five main events. Five main events with a lot of little events inside of them. I mean, those, there's but, a lot of right. little events that we're not going to talk about because we talked about it earlier. We're like, yeah, let's <laughs> let's not. So, but I could say there's five main events to the end of end of the end of end times timeline. Right. Excuse me. Yeah. So you know what I it's mean. It's a tongue twister. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> so. 
1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17 is the scripture that talks about, well, there's others, right? But that's the rapture. Right. That's, scripture. that's one of the main scriptures that Christians go to that discusses the rapture. So let's go ahead and read that. Okay. Do you want to read it? Sure. So 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Yeah, so that's the very first event. Once Jesus appears in the sky, right, to take up his church for the rapture to occur before those believers that are alive ascend into heaven to meet him or ascend into the sky to meet him first all the dead are raised so all the believers who died Mm -hmm. they will raise first and they'll get to go up first their bodies Mm -hmm. their spirits already with god right okay yep so their spirits with god And and this part's a little confusing and to be honest i don't know if i have like the perfect answer for that but but people that have died Right, their spirit is with God to you know, once once you leave the body you're immediately in the presence of Christ. The Bible tells us that. I believe that's in spirit form. Because mm-hmm. the physical body of course stays behind, right? Mm-hmm. Your physical body does not go to heaven. Mm-hmm. But at this point, when Jesus returns in the sky, in other scriptures it talks about the dead in Christ will raise first, so the, the spirit of the dead people will go back into their bodies, mm-hmm. they will rise up, and then immediately they'll be given their glorified bodies, which can go into heaven. Mm-hmm. And when they go up to meet Jesus in the air, they get that body. Mm-hmm. And then go ahead with 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Yep, so Jesus... You know, ascends the voice of an archangel, the sound of the trumpet of God. Jesus, Jesus appears in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe only believers will see him and recognize him. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because if an unbeliever saw him, they wouldn't be an unbeliever, right? They would immediately believe at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think this is just an event that only believers will see and experience. So Jesus will appear in the sky. The souls of those who have died or the spirits of those who have died will re-enter their body, their physical body. Mm-hmm. They will raise up, join Jesus in the air, get their glorified body. And then those who are alive that are believers would then join with them in the air. Okay. And that's all like in a twinkling of an eye, right? Yeah. It's First Corinthians 15, 51 or 52 that mm-hmm. says that it's in the twinkling of an eye, which means it's an instant. Right. Right, you think a, a twinkling of an eye is faster than a blink. So in in First Corinthians fifteen verse fifty two, mm-hmm. in the ESV, it's in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. With them, yep. So just that quick, instant. Instant. Yep. Like we like everything instant in this society, so That's it'll right. be just quick, like but, bam. But faster than but anything even, we experience. But yeah. even faster than that. Yeah, and so really, that's what the rapture is. Um, it is Jesus appearing in the sky. All believers, whether whether they're dead or alive, mm-hmm. will join up with them in the sky. Does it matter if they were cremated or if they were buried? 
I think God <laughs> is able like, to. Really? <laughs> I think God is able to figure that out, right? I do too. So I was even just asking. <laughs> what you know? What about people that are blown up, right? Right. You know, God knows where where everybody is. And yeah. he's going to have all of that worked out. Nothing's going to catch him by surprise. So he's God. He's able to put back together ashes. That's right. Or pieces of body parts or whatever. It's better than all the king's horses and all the king's men and Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> so all of the transformation will happen in the blinking, blinklet. You know, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> blinking of an eye. Twinkling, <laughs> Twinkling of an eye. Of an eye. Yep. So it'll just be boom. Yep. Rapture. Just and, like that. And that's where we are, we think right now at the end of the last days we, we believe the rapture is close okay yeah right before the tribulation and it'll be the first main event that kicks off the end times timeline out of the five that we're talking about yep gotcha all right so that, that's kind of a, a recap or of of what the rapture actually is and in the last episode we spoke a little bit about different beliefs so you know not all believers believe the same thing when it comes to the rapture. There are actually three types, well actually there are four types of Christians that believe certain things about the rapture. Number one, some Christians don't believe in it at all, right? They just don't believe it's an, an event, where, whereas, you know, what we just read in First Thessalonians and in First Corinthians, I believe the Bible's pretty clear that that's an event, right? But you have some Christians that don't believe that. But then there are three other groups of believers that do believe in the rapture. Can I ask a question? Sure. So does it matter if other people believe different things? No, not at all, right? Because God's going to work all of that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think this is kind of hard to teach about, this being the end times in general, because there is a lot of um, disagreement when it comes to not even just the rapture, all of the end time stuff. And some of us probably have a little bit of it wrong, but that's okay because God's going to work it all out in the end. And I do know that regardless of how it really plays out, none of us are going to be disappointed. Mm. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So It's going to be very awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But I, again, um, just from the way that I read scripture that associates or that is associated with end time stuff, I believe that this timeline is the way that the events unfold. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to just pick on you or anything, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes when we start saying, okay, there's people who are pre-tribbers, mid-tribbers, post-tribbers. Those are the other three believers, yeah. Yeah, then you start wondering, well, if I believe differently than other people, does that mean I'm not saved? Or does that mean that I'm not going to be with the Lord? And that's not what we're saying at all, because there's one, one issue is... Um, there's only one way to God, and it's through Jesus being right. your Lord and Savior. So if you have that down, and it's the same, I mean, there's certain principles that we stand on when we're Christians, mm -hmm. and um, salvation through Christ is one of them. That's the most important one. Mm -hmm. But not these other things. No. Okay. Well, these other things are important, obviously, but yeah, yeah it's not a salvation issue. We're not arguing um, what it takes to be saved when we're talking about these other things. But they're important because they're in the Bible, and... And Jesus told us to watch for these things. Right. But it's not something to have contention with each other over. No. Okay. No, Just no, no, no. saying. <laughs> nope, that's good. Okay. But so as you mentioned, um, the three main beliefs when it comes to the tribulation, Christians, some Christians believe in what's called a pre-tribulation rapture. That's what we believe. And that's what we're, we're talking about. Rapture happening before the tribulation, pre-tribulation. Mm-hmm. 
you also have some Christians that believe in what's called a mid-tribulation mm-hmm. rapture. So you'd mentioned before that the tribulation, the seven-year period, actually consists of two three-and-a-half-year periods that mm-hmm. make up the total of seven. Some people believe that the tribulation happens at that three-and-a-half-year mark. So mm-hmm. they believe Christians will go through that first three-and-a-half years on earth and then be raptured at that point. Okay. And then post-tribulation or post-tribbers, <laughs> I so, like that term. So that would have been mid-tribbers. That would have been mid-tribbers. <laughs> post-tribbers <laughs> are Christians who believe that the tribulation happens at the end, or I'm sorry, the rapture happens at the end of the tribulation. Okay. So. At the same time. As the second coming. As the second coming at the end of the tribulation. Right. Okay. So you have the pre-tribulation, which means the rapture happens before the tribulation. Pre-tribbers. Pre-tribbers. Mid-tribulation, people are saying the rapture will happen at the midpoint of the tribulation. Mid-tribbers. And then the (laughs) post-tribulation, people believe that at the end of the tribulation, which is also the same time as the second coming, they believe Mm. the second coming and the rapture are one and the same event. And that's post-tribbers. That's post-tribbers. Okay. Gotcha. So let's let's talk a little bit more about each one though. Okay. Again, um, we're we're pre-tribbers. We believe that the rapture is going to be the first main event that kicks off the end times timeline. So uh, that can happen literally at any moment. Any moment in the twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye, we may not finish this podcast. I mean, that's how soon it could be. And no one knows the hour or the day. Nobody, just the Father. Right. Not Jesus, even Jesus. Though. Right. Wow. Jesus doesn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if he doesn't know. We definitely don't know. <laughs> we definitely So if somebody's know. throwing a date out there, then yeah. they're, they're just wrong. Right. But we have signs of the times, which is another thing to talk about yep. that we can look at. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But okay. yeah, Jesus gave us an idea of, of when to start looking for these things. Okay. Okay. But uh, let's talk about pre-tribulation. So simply put, like I said before, a pre-tribber believes that the rapture happens before the tribulation period begins. Right. We will go to meet... All the believers will go up to meet Jesus in the air before the tribulation or wrath commences. Mm -hmm. And we believe that the rapture is actually the kicking off point of the end times events that we're we're breaking down over these podcasts. Right. So that's event number one. Right. Because the tribulation, as a pre-tribber, you believe it'll happen. I believe it'll happen right after, immediately following the rapture will be the tribulation. Yep, that's okay. what we believe, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's what I believe. That's what you believe, That's right? what I believe, yeah. Okay, I just want to make an assumption. <laughs> Obviously, we know what we believe. We've talked about this in depth. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so we'll talk about some of the cases that people use for mid- and post-tribulation raptures, but I believe that the pre-trib rapture fits best with how, you know, Scripture divide, or describes this event. Mm-hmm. So Matthew 24, 36 through 42. Actually, I didn't put that on here, but let's go ahead and pull that up. I got my trusty phone. Hold on. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Ta-da! <laughs> You're like, really? Okay, here we go. So Matthew 24, 36 through 42. It says... Uh, Let's do modern King James. But of that day and hour, no one knows. No one knows. No, not the angels of heaven, but only my father. But as the days of Noah were, so shall be the coming of the son of man. 
For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered into the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two shall be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two shall be grinding at the mill, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Therefore watch, for you do not know what hour your Lord comes. So that's the perfect outline of how the earth will be when the rapture occurs. That scripture there compares it to the the, the days leading up to the rapture. It compares it to the days leading up to the flood in Noah's day, right? And it said specifically in the days of Noah leading up to the flood, there was, you know, eating, drinking, marrying, people were given in marriage. Um, This to me points the rapture being pre-trib because remember the tribulation, once that kicks off that seven year period, that's a horrible seven-year time period. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just wrath like you would not believe. So if the the rapture happened to be at the midway point of the tribulation or even at the end of the tribulation, I don't think people are going to be in a position of, you know, being merry, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, because that's going to be the worst seven-year period the earth has ever um, seen. Right, because what you're saying is, in the notes I have, it says war, pestilences, diseases, and lack of food. So if I'm running around trying to just survive, like literally survive, I'm probably not going to be thinking about having a celebration party for whatever. I'm not going to call the call down and have it catered and have a nice music set and be... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably not. Merry and happy. I'm going to be just struggling just to stay alive. Right. Okay. Yeah, the tribulation, like you said, it's war, pestilence, diseases, lack of food. A lot of people die during the tribulation. It just does not seem like a period of time where people will be eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and having a good old time. Mm-hmm. Right. In the days of Noah, the days leading up to the actual flood, people didn't know that that was going to happen. So they had nothing to fear. They had nothing um, out of the ordinary. They were just living their normal lives as they would any other day they until just, the flood came. Mm-hmm. They just thought Noah was crazy. They thought he was crazy. People mm-hmm. probably think we're crazy because we believe in a rapture, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But it's the same. People are, you know, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage now. But once the rapture happens, you know, that we talked about this in the last episode, and I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. literally billions of people will be gone, mm-hmm. right? The world will be in chaos. Think about people that will be taken away in the rapture, in government, you know, in transportation, mm-hmm. agriculture. You know, everything is going to come to a stop when the, when the rapture occurs. And that's going to kick off the tribulation with the war, the pestilence, diseases, Lack of food, lots of death, definitely not days of, you know, eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. So to me, that points Mm -hmm. to the rapture being Mm pre-tribulation. And it goes on to say in Matthew that one will be taken and one will be left. And that's a picture of what the rapture is going to be like. All believers are going to disappear in an instant, Mm -hmm. right? The dead will raise first, the, the ones who are alive and believe will then join up in the air with them. Mm-hmm. So from the physical standpoint, all of a sudden a whole bunch of people, all the believers around the planet, are literally going to just be gone in an mm-hmm. instant, twinkling of an eye. Mm-hmm. Believers. Believers only. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, yeah, to me not, that... Not just those that went to church. 
no church doesn't have anything to do with it, right? It's well, I shouldn't say it that way. That sounds bad, but <laughs> what it comes down to is what? who has Jesus in their heart? Who are believers? Those are the believers. ones that get to participate in the rapture. Unbelievers do not get to participate in the rapture. Those that trust God. Those that trust God will go. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's all that to say. That's why we believe in the pre-tribulation, right? Mm. Or Pre- one of the main examples of, of why we would believe in pre-tribulation rapture. Right. So you're a pre-tribber. We're pre-tribbers. Okay. <laughs> the mid-tribbers. <laughs> we mentioned before that um, they are believers that think that Christians will go through the first three and a half year period of the seven year tribulation and be raptured at that midpoint, you know, and therefore not endure the last three and a half years. Mm. Um, the whole seven years is terrible. A lot of people believe that the first three and a half years aren't as bad as the second three and a half years. Why? Well, uh, it, because it's biblical, actually, I guess is the ultimate answer. But they, those two, <laughs> wow. three and a half years periods are called the tribulation and the great tribulation. So at the, not to get too much into the tribulation, because we'll be talking about that later, but at that three and a half year point, um, the person who rises up as the Antichrist in the tribulation, at that three and a half year point is when he declares himself God. Mm-hmm. Right. So does, okay, so my question for why was, because the first three and a half years, is he already on the scene? Uh, he's already on the scene. So he's making everything seem like it's glorious. Right. There's glorious. supposed to be some some yeah. peace in the Middle East. And a, a lot of things the Antichrist will do that will literally make the world, those that are left behind, mm-hmm. right, the unbelievers, mm-hmm. will make them adore him. Like right. he is literally our savior. Like, like he is fixing things. Yeah. And that's why I meant why. Like okay. why? Because because everything seems great. Everything seems okay. Right. Okay. Thank you. So <laughs> uh, the Bible does separate the tribulation, as we said, into two equal parts, three and a half years each. People think that that's for a reason. They're like, why, why does the Bible specify two different events? And they think part of that reason is because it draws the line in the middle of that seven years for the rapture to occur then. One of the big arguments they use is a We read in Matthew 24 that a trumpet is blown at the rapture. Mm -hmm. Well, in Revelation, the book of Revelation, there are seven trumpets that are blown during the tribulation period. Mm -hmm. And so some mid-tribbers, don't want to say all, but some mid-tribbers take the trumpet blown at the rapture and try to equate it to one of the seven that are blown during Revelation, during the tribulation. And they're saying, see, these trumpets line up, so that must mean that the rapture occurs when the trumpet is blown at the mid-tribulation point. Okay. The reason why I don't agree with that, I think it's a little dangerous, is because when we get into the tribulation period, we'll talk about those seven trumpets that are blown. Those are all judgment trumpets. Hmm. Every trumpet that is blown in Revelation, God is pouring out some sort of wrath on the earth. Hmm. Whereas the trumpet that is blown for the rapture is not a God judgment trumpet. Mm-hmm. It's calling us up mm-hmm. to be with God. Mm-hmm. So the seven trumpets in Revelation, wrath is being released. But prior to that, the trumpet for the rapture, God is bringing us up. There's no judgment being released at that point. So that's why I, I think we can't line up the rapture trumpet with one of those seven trumpets in Revelation. Right, because 
the rapture is not God's judgment, like you said, but God bringing the church out of judgment so believers won't take part of that, those judgments that you're talking about in Revelation. Right. So there, so judgment's already been taken care of through the blood of Jesus. Absolutely. And it's a finished work on the cross, what he did on the cross where he was, he was beaten, put on the cross, buried, came out of the grave and then rose again. That's all, um, a symbol of our wholeness and of no judgment. Right. Jesus took all of that, like you said. Because by grace you have been saved. It's by God's love. And the whole purpose of why he even did it in the first place. Right. What did it, Jesus say when he when he hung on the cross? It is finished. It is finished. Right? There is nothing left to pay. Finished means it's done. Yep. Jesus is saying, I paid for all the wrath. I paid for all the sin. I took all the wrath of the Father upon myself on the cross. Mm. It is done. Mm-hmm. You believers don't have to take wrath anymore. It's already been taken care of. God put it on on me. Maybe God put it on Jesus, mm-hmm. right? He he doesn't put it on Lisa and Tim. Mm-hmm. He put it on him on himself, right? And this is one of the you know issues, I guess, for the mid trip. Well, the mid trip and the post trippers is if you go through any of the wrath. Again, the seven-year period, the first three and a half years may not be as bad as the second three and a half years, Mm -hmm. but it's still wrath. It's still God's wrath being poured out. Mm -hmm. So an issue with the mid-tribbers and the post-tribbers is you're going through some point or some piece at least of wrath, right? You have to get to the first three and a half years of wrath to be a a pre-trib rapture believer. Mm -hmm. You have to go through the entire seven-year period if you're a post-trib rapture believer. Mm-hmm. But what we're saying is Jesus took wrath on himself on the cross, so we don't have to endure any of it, mm-hmm. that whole seven-year period. So that's why we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Mm-hmm. And that we're in the last of the last right. days before the tribulation. Yeah. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. last days started way back in Acts chapter 2, mm-hmm. right when the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples up in the upper room. Mm-hmm. And they, they prophesied. Peter stood up and gave like the first official message, <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess. And he said that these are the days talked about in, I can't remember the chapter in Joel, but mm-hmm. this is it. These are the end days. These are the days that were prophesied back there in the Old Testament. So we've been in the last days for a really long time. 2,000 plus years. <laughs> but now we're at the end. We believe we're at the end. Yeah, and, I believe that we're at the end. And we'll kind of get into some stuff in a minute that mm. kind of, well, it doesn't kind of, it points to why we believe we're, mm-hmm. we're really, really close. Things are lining up to make us believe the, the not only the rapture, but the tribulation is very, very soon. Mm-hmm. You know, we had mentioned <laughs> this before when we were talking, before we started this, that it's, you don't want to say it's a feeling because feelings are always associated with just the physical, mm-hmm. but there is something in the spiritual realm that is it seems like everything's speeding towards this event. Mm -hmm. Like we are super close. Mm -hmm. And it's, I I guess the only way you can really describe it is a a feeling. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's a feeling. And then it's like, like you said, because it sounds crazy, like Noah, probably you have, you're crazy because you believe this or you feel this, Mm -hmm. but it's really an unction because you have an unction from the Holy Ghost. Oh. And you know all things, and so when oh, you're sure, throw scripture out there. <laughs> when you're a believer, what's well, in the Bible? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but it's like when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to lead you and guide you, you have an unction from the Holy Ghost, and you know all things. It says in the Word, mm-hmm. and so 
it's not really like you know because you can't know the exact day but there's just a it's like a rumbling going on inside of you it's that yeah. thing where you know the the difference between yes I should do this or no I shouldn't do that or yes I'm going to follow this you know or I'm going to follow that like it's ins- more magnified inside of you and it's more magnified it's like someone has turned the dial up and as believers we're excited yeah we should be excited <laughs> and not just not scared i mean cuz there's so much fear attached to all of it sometimes especially with uh, oh i'll just say it so all the stuff that happened with covid and all of that stuff i think it was meant to brainwash us so mm. that we'd allow fear to rule us more in our habits and in our souls because we're a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body so to make our bodies kind of twitch a little and be kind of off and and um like you said it's finished so yeah i think covid was a practice run it was a practice run enemy to to manipulate people into a level of fear Mm -hmm. and of course fear isn't good Mm -mm. we talked about that i think in our very first podcast about how fear is it's not something that we have to endure as a believer. Mm-hmm. That includes this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't know how we got on there. <laughs> so either. so we talked about the pre, pre-tribbers and the mid-tribbers, right? Mm-hmm. Pre-trib is before the rapture is before the tribulation. The mid-tribbers believe that the rapture happens at that three and a half year mark of the seven year tribulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last group are the, pro, the post-tribbers. They believe that the that all believers will actually, the rapture, well, let me just say it this way. They believe that the rapture will occur at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. Mm. And again, you know, not to harp on their tribulation because we'll talk about that more. <laughs> but, you know, that seven-year period is when the Antichrist is is reigning and ruling. He will be in full power. You know, he will have complete control on this earth. And his sights will be directly on taking out all the believers that are here. And now you're asking, wait a minute, I thought all the believers were gone in the rapture. Mm-hmm. Well, there will still be the opportunity for people to be saved during you, the tribulation. You just, yeah, you read my mind. <laughs> I asked a question and answered it. Or answered a question and then asked it, whatever way. But I do want to say that, though. Um, people who miss the rapture, people who are not believers that miss the rapture and go into the tribulation, they still have the opportunity during the tribulation to become believers. I think it'll be harder Mm -hmm. because, you know, with billions of believers gone, there's just not as many witnesses that will be around. But the Bible does talk about specifically 144,000 Jewish people that have been set aside by God that will be believers. So they will be witnessing. There will also be, and we'll get into this again with the tribulation a podcast we do later, but there will be two specific witnesses that God sends and mm-hmm. they will, you know, display God's power. And I, I think people will believe because of what they see with them as well. Mm-hmm. So people can become believers during the tribulation, but it won't be easy because that's going to be during the, again, the seven worst years the world has ever seen. And the Antichrist will be doing everything he can to take out anybody who believes in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So people who become saved during the tribulation are going to have a really hard time. But also, there are things in Revelation that we'll point out when we get to the tribulation. There are things that God will save those believers from having to endure during the tribulation as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, just all horrible. 
there are some things that the believers during the tribulation will get to avoid. But, I mean, it's just going to be a tough time. Well, yeah, because you're talking about pestilence, war, diseases, mm -hmm. and trying to follow God during that time and, hi and basically hide out from whoever's controlling everything and trying to uh, trying to just survive. And then if they can, if the whoever's in power controls everything, then how are you going to make a living and how are you going to get money or get goods or exactly. do what you need to do? I mean. Right. And then, and then you'll have the idea maybe that you could just cave because the pressure could be really heavy and maybe you have a family and you have five kids or you have family that you take care of. I don't know. And I'm just trying to, you can paint the picture. We've all seen the movie, right? Where That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. But, but no movie can capture it. Right? No, it's no. It's nothing that's ever happened. So it's nothing that could even be dreamed up or put into film. It's going to be so terrible. Right. And, and not the, you know what I'm talking about, those yeah. movies. Left Behind. Left Behind movies. It's kind of like that in my mind, but it's worse than that. Like you couldn't even, that mm. doesn't even touch on how, it, how bad it could be because they don't even show a lot of that in those movies. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's trust me, if you're not saved, you want to be saved mm. before the rapture happens mm -hmm. so you can avoid the tribulation altogether. Mm -hmm. And not just because you want to avoid the tribulation, but because, you know, God created you before you were born. He always loved you. Like mm -hmm. I've talked about that before. He always wanted you, not because he's trying to scare you into receiving him because right. he, he doesn't have to do that. He, but he loves you. He created everything about you and is in love with you and so giving your heart to him sometimes feels and can be scary I think for some of us and you know that's not really what he wants he wants you to he wants your best he does so, Absolutely. anyway that's my plug that's your plug <laughs> so uh continuing on real quick with the post-tribulation people uh, believers I guess uh we mentioned before that they believe the rapture and the second coming are the same thing they both happen at the end of the tribulation according to them but so they believe that Jesus is going to come back and touch down and then boom. Yeah, the the not really argument. The point that I've I heard some of the post tribulation people make is that and you know in Thessalonians where we talked about 1671st Thessalonians 6, 4 16 and 17 uh -huh. where it talks about Jesus will you know, appear in the sky, the believers will go up and meet him in the air. Mm -hmm. What some of the post-tribulation people believe is really what happens is Jesus appears in the sky, believers will go up to meet him in the air and then escort him back to earth. Oh, okay. So they believe that whole event is really the second coming slash rapture. Okay. So, you, so they believe we're going to go up, high five in the air, go get changed mm -hmm. and then come back down. Right. <laughs> they okay. believe that absolutely okay i'm not trying to be funny i really am not i'm no, just fine i got a picture of a wardrobe change and then we come back okay right. so but yeah that's what they believe they believe we're going to meet him in the air come back down and but zechariah 4:14 talks about the second coming it says in his feet we're talking about jesus's feet shall stand in that day the day of his second coming upon the mount of olives which is before jerusalem on the east side and then it goes on to talk about what happens with this great earthquake and stuff at that point but the point we're trying to make here is that when we go up to meet Jesus in the air, we believe that we as believers are destined to avoid wrath. So when we go to meet Jesus in the air, it is before the wrath, before the tribulation, and we're gone. The post-tribulation people believe we're going to go up to meet Jesus in the air, escorting back down to earth, and then begin the thousand-year reign at the end of the tribulation. Okay. 
right? Yes. But again, um, to be a post-tribulation believer, you have to think that even though Jesus took all the wrath upon himself at the cross, that as believers, you're still going to have to endure the seven years of God's wrath poured out on the earth. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't think that that's scriptural. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't say it that way because there are, you know, there are valid arguments for mid-tribulation and Mm post-tribulation believers. Obviously, some very smart, scholarly Christians believe Mm -hmm. in in mid-tribulation and post-tribulation, and they can probably make some really good arguments Mm -hmm. as to why they believe that. But from the level of knowledge that that we have, you Mm -hmm. know, when what we read in the scripture, it, it just doesn't make sense that it's anything other than a pre-tribulation rapture for the believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jesus suffered enough already, and it's not like there's got to be this continual suffering right. for there to be a good enough a good enough sacrifice or a good enough level of suffering, quote-unquote, to yeah. be able to go to heaven, right? Right. It, it's all paid for by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Revelation 3, 10, and 11 says, because you have, and this is um, a letter to, uh, not to go too far into it, but in Revelations, there's letters to the seven churches of Asia, and this one's to one of those churches um, that I believe also ties to, kind of describes the church today. So I believe this is rip, uh, written to us. It says, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial. I believe that's talking about the tribulation that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is another um, piece of evidence pointing to a pre-tribulation rapture, right? He's keeping us from the hour of trial. And then jumping around a little bit more, and sorry to throw a bunch of scriptures out here, but First Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10 says, uh, and this is Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. He said, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So Paul is saying, you know, talking about how the Thessalonians became believers. So this is how it happened. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 10, he says, And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And the wrath to come, I believe, is the tribulation. Mm-hmm. He's taking care of that. He took care of that on the cross. So, and again, there are other scriptures. We're trying not to like bombard you with a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. But just really encourage you to, with an open mind, an open heart, start looking at some of these scriptures we're talking about. As yeah, so the wrath to come is the tribulation. Yeah, and Jesus saves us from that. He already saved us from that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about events leading up to the rapture, events leading mm-hmm. up to the end times. Mm-hmm. We had talked a little bit earlier about Matthew 24. So we're going to go back there and we're going to look at verses 4 through 6. So Matthew 24, 4 through 6 says, And Jesus answered them, them being his disciples. He said, See that no man lead you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is starting to paint a picture of what it will look like in the days leading up to the rapture. So there'll be um, 
people coming and saying that they're the Christ. So people, there'll be potentially confusion. Because if you're confusion, if yeah. you're being led astray, then you're being served things that are not right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, or you might be believing them, and so God is always the God of peace and not confusion. Right. Yep, there'll be the enemy will be doing everything he can to cause as much confusion as he can. And that's not new. He's been doing that since the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. But now let's jump over and just to paint a little bit more of a picture of what the days will be like leading up to the rapture. Second mm-hmm. Timothy chapter three, verses one through seven says, But understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. So the closer we get to the rapture to the first main end time event, the more chaotic things will be and the more difficult things will become. Mm-hmm. So the last of the last days. Last of the last days. Now, even this stuff, though, still doesn't compare to what the tribulation will be like. I mean, mm-hmm. as you as I read this, you'll, you'll be like, well, this stuff is happening today. Right? All the time. Yep. It says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. And again, this is 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. 7 says, for people will be lovers of self. That's not new. I know. We're like, bam. <laughs> lovers of money. <laughs> bam. Proud. Oh, yeah. Arrogant. Yep. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Mm-hmm. Ungrateful. Unholy. Heartless. Unappeasable. Slanderous. Without self-control. Brutal. Mm-hmm. Not loving good. That's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like even today or especially during the times we're in now, if you believe the word of God... People treat that as the opposite of good. Like mm-hmm. you're actually evil if you believe in God and mm-hmm. his word. They're calling calling bad good. And good bad. And yeah. good bad, yeah. yeah. Uh, continuing on in verse 4. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Mm-hmm. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a, the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Mm-hmm. So it's even people saying, you know, yeah, I, you know, I believe. I believe in God. I believe in there's... You know, he's the creator of everything. Absolutely. I can get along with, with other believers, mm-hmm. but they're denying the power of God, and that's who God is. He's so powerful. are they really believers, right? Mm-hmm. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Mm. Right? So they're searching but they never come to a full realization of the truth. Mm-hmm. And you can see that with just bouncing around with all of the different things with, cause we're such a society uh, that's, we're si- a society that is so full of knowledge yeah. and, and books and, and I don't know, just podcasts and, <laughs> <laughs> and teachings. And we're so, f- we're so full of stuff and that's not bad to know and to learn things, but when you're always learning and you're just continually going around and never getting settled and never getting anchored and never getting your source from the life-giving relationship that you can have with God, then you're not ever able to arrive to a truth because there's so many different supposed truths that you're not connecting. Right. Sitting down and being still and knowing that God is God. Or accepting a bunch of, I'm using air quotes you can't see, but a bunch of truths, right? Mm-hmm. There are multiple ways to God. Yeah. There are multiple ways to whatever salvation they may believe in. Mm-hmm. Right? When, as you said before, there's really mm-hmm. only one. It's through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Good? Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> moving along, um, 
just to point out, so all these things we just got through reading in Matthew 24 and 2 Timothy chapter 3, like I said before we read them, these things are happening now, right? And Jesus was telling his disciples that these are the things that are going to mm. be happening up to the point when the rapture occurs. So that's why we can say that we believe the rapture is soon, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of these things have been happening for a long time, and you might think, well, people could have been saying that for the last 50 years, mm -hmm. and they, they have been saying that for the last 50 years or more. They have been because we know people in their 70s who are saying, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, I've been hearing that <laughs> since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, when's he coming? But yeah. there are some things... Um, also that are lining up. So what we just read are things that occur leading up to the rapture. Mm -hmm. I believe there are things going on in the world today that is also lining or aligning itself up in preparation for the tribulation. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is even though the rapture hasn't happened yet, once it happens immediately following that will be seven years of tribulation. We've said that a lot now. Mm -hmm. There are things happening in the world today that is preparing the world for that seven-year tribulation period. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So there's there's things going on now that are preparing, are being set up so they'll be used in the tribulation. Absolutely. But we are pre-tribbers pre believe we'll be gone. Yep. And so we'll be raptured first, but we're seeing these things being set up before we're raptured. Right. Because once they're set up, it'll be hard to, you know, once you get your get your hooks into something it's a lot harder to get them out yeah so if i can if i were going to operate that way in the tribulation and try to cause trouble mm -hmm. i would do it as fast and as quick as i could so that i could just get my hooks in there and then just that way during the tribulation it'll be that much harder because there'll be a lot of chaos anyway and then people will be wondering where all the christians went mm -hmm. and so it'll be a perfect time just like with the other stuff that happened the last couple of years to just cause more chaos and more confusion inside of people's hearts and minds so that I can do whatever I want. Right. That's what you're saying? Absolutely. That is a better way than what I said. <laughs> no, no, I know. But so there, there are three different things I want to talk about here that occurred during the tribulation. There's going to be a, a kind of a common currency, a one world or a common government, or a one world and common religion. So... Not or, but all three of these things will occur during the tribulation. And mm -hmm. the point I want to make is the world today is lining up for those three things to be closer than they've ever been close before. Mm -hmm. Closer and, than they ever have been before. Mm -hmm. And very quickly. Yeah. The the common currency, so the first one, I'm going to read Revelation 13, 16, and 17. So again, this is talking about during the tribulation. Uh, it says, also it causes all and it being the Antichrist. Antichrist causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. So what that is saying is there will be a time during the tribulation worldwide where nobody can buy or sell without having a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Now, whether that's a a tattoo or a chip under the skin, you know, all that stuff is, is being argued. Mm -hmm. That That's not the point I'm, I'm really concerned about. But right now, digital currency is a big thing, right? The central bank digital currency or CDBC, it's coming. We're not far from that. Yeah, I think I, I read something about that this week. It just happened in another country, didn't it? Or 
Anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's going on around the world, really. A okay. lot of people in leadership of different countries is, is they're pushing towards this. So we're. It may not be like one currency, like you know, like the whole world has to use the dollar. Right. It might be a couple of currencies, but there's the common way to buy, like with credit cards today. Mm-hmm. I can use my credit card here in America. I could take it over to Europe and use it, and it would automatically be fine, mm-hmm. you know, using the pound or the euro or whatever over there. However the currency part works out, the point I'm trying to make is the world is getting lined up for this digital currency to be used. And it'll be the only way that you can have money. Yeah, well, the mark on your hand or forehead is the only way you could buy or sell anything. So we're moving mm-hmm. towards a quote-unquote common type of currency, which is a tribulation event. Mm-hmm. Another one in the tribulation or another event within that is a one world or common government. Revelation 13.7 says, also it was allowed to make war on the saints, and again, it being the Antichrist, Uh, The Antichrist was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them, and authority was given the Antichrist over every tribe and people and language and nation. So there are already a lot of alliances in existence today, right? We have the UN, we have the G7. I mean, there are Hmm. governments from different countries that are aligned now, Mm -hmm. and that's going to continue to where they're all under the Antichrist in the tribulation. Mm It says it was given over every tribe and every people and language and nation. Authority was given to it. Mm-hmm. So the Antichrist will literally rule the world. He will be the one world government. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> and, it, you know, 10 years ago, it was hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine today. Yeah. But 10 years ago, it was even harder to imagine. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. It's mm-hmm. getting less and less hard to hard imagine. Hard to imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the third one, real quick, is the one world or common religion. And in the same part of the Bible, Revelation 13, this is verse 8, it says, All who dwell on earth will worship it, again, being the Antichrist. Mm. Everyone on the planet is going to worship the Antichrist, except for the believers, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. So he will be the one world religion. And mm. looking at the world today, though, you might think, you know, with Jewish people and Christians and is Islam, all of those are very distinct religions, and you, I can't imagine them ever getting along. Right. But I'm going to yeah. read something to you. The Abrahamic house is built in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. Hmm. It just opened up in March of this year. It consists of four buildings. One of them is a church, a Catholic church. One of them is a Jewish synagogue, and... One of them is a Muslim, I can't think of the name of it, what's the, mosque. And one of them is a mosque, hmm. right? All of those share the same land. And then the fourth building is supposed to be a non-religious, like educational center. But it basically preaches all of those types of religion. Where's Abu Dhabi? In the Middle East. It's just off the coast of Saudi Arabia. Ah, yeah. thank you. I think. I think I knew that. I just needed to hear it. <laughs> After this, I'm going to look on a map, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to cut this out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to read something concerning this. So, you know, people that think, oh, we're still a long ways off from religions being able to get along. Okay, mm-hmm. so this Abrahamic family house, I'm going to read this paragraph. And this is right off the Internet. If you were to Google the Abrahamic family house, this is off of their site. Mm-hmm. So I'm not making this up, and this isn't some conspiracy theorist wrote this. This is what they're saying. Okay, and uh, 
reading it here, it says the Abrahamic family house will be a beacon of mutual understanding, harmonious coexistence, and peace among people of faith and goodwill. It consists of a mosque, a church, a synagogue, and educational center to be built on Sadayat, I probably said that wrong, Sadayat Island, the cultural heart of Abu Dhabi and the United Arab Emirates. Through its design, it captures the values shared between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and serves as a powerful platform for inspiring and nurturing understanding and acceptance between people of goodwill. The vision for the Abrahamic family house originated after the signing of the Document on Human Fraternity by Pope Francis. Mm. Right, so this the Pope signed this, and Grand Imam Ahmed Al Tayeb in February of 2019. This landmark will be a place for learning, dialogue, and worship open to all and a true reflection of the UAE's belief in tolerance and hospitality. Within each of the houses of worship, visitors will have the opportunity to learn about religious services, listen to Holy Scripture, and experience sacred rituals. A fourth space not affiliated with any specific religion will be an educational center where all people can come together as a single community devoted to mutual understanding and peace. That's crazy. Yeah. Right? Those are three religions that five years ago, ten years ago, would have never, you would have never thought they would have been able to, to get together. We know it's an end times thing, but it was so hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yet here we are today. And this thing just opened up in March of this year. Mm-hmm. So it's open. It exists. Mm-hmm. Right? It's got a church, a mosque, and a synagogue. Mm-hmm. All sharing land together, getting along, mm-hmm. learning, concentrating on the things that make them equal or, or mm-hmm. things they agree on, I should say. Well, it says, yeah, and what you read says that it captures the values shared between them. And so it's it's values. And so people who are humanitarians, humanitarians, or people who are in that realm, it's like, well, love is love, and love is love is just that. And so I'm, I'm capturing that. Va- I can see a thing where it's like capturing values of love and honesty and respect and diligence and all of those things. And so that's great to have that and every person to share with every other person except for you're leaving God out of the equation and you're leaving Jesus out of the equation, you're you're leaving the source, the life source, mm-hmm. being God, and the whole you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're leaving that out, right? Is what you're saying? Yeah, they're going. They're calling it the Abrahamic houses, right? Because in you know Judaism and Christianity, as well as in Islam, all of them believe in Abraham, right? All of them have yes. Abraham as part of their quote unquote religion and their beliefs, and that's probably the last thing they would agree on. Mm-hmm. is the fact that Abraham is who the Bible says he is. Yeah, see. And so they're focused on that as being their middle ground. Mm-hmm. And they're going to allow that belief in Abraham, not in Jesus and who mm-hmm. Jesus is, right? But they're letting their belief in who Abraham was mm-hmm. um, to be their common, you know, setup or their common ground mm-hmm. between all three of those religions. And they're going to come together. They already are coming together. And learning to work together and learning to understand each other and you know all of these things that sound wonderful mm-hmm. but as a believer we know that that's not good Mm-mm. right there's there's nothing about about islam that as a believer in christ 
I can take. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, I know. And Amen. it goes back to Second Timothy three five of having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. That's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It blows that, my mind. Yeah, and so they already built this. You said. Yeah, it's it's open. It started back in twenty nineteen. It opened. Open in, in March. So. Of this year. Yeah, twenty twenty three. So it's open now. And so it exists. It's functioning. Right. It's moving. It's operating. It's set up, ready to roll for the tribulation. It's ready. <laughs> is what you said. We laugh. I mean, it's not funny in that sense, but no. it, it's just the amaze, amazement. I'm amazed at how how close, how everything is lining up mm-hmm. to not just for the rapture to occur, but beyond the rapture, the tribulation. The world is preparing for the tribulation. Mm-hmm. Things are lining up. Mm-hmm. People are coming together. Um, that again, I'm harping on this, but you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have thought they would have ever been able to find anything to agree on. Right. And here they are. Right. But in the last days, it also says that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Yep. That happened back in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Is it verse 4, I think? So God said he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And so if you're listening to this, the point is that God promised that he would give us the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do his ministry or do any of the miracles or any of the, the power operate in the power of God without the Holy Spirit. And so if you're wondering if you're saved, God said you can call upon the name of the Lord and you would be saved. God said that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh and you get the Holy Spirit when you're saved unto salvation anyway. And so really it's a matter of, you know, repenting for your sins, asking the Lord to be your Lord and Savior. He's your Lord and Savior. He's also your friend. He's also um, with you and wants you and is for you. And so um, if that's you, just do that today. You can reach out to us if you have done that and we'll get you some, we'll, if you need a Bible or get you some more material. Um, and then the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to fill your heart and fill your mind with truth so that you'll know how to, you'll have the unction to know what to do in the last days. Um, and so Um, If that's you, I just want to encourage you because uh, God is so great and he has so much good planned even now in this time. And so, yeah. And if you do want to reach out to us, you can reach us at spiritlife.814 at gmail.com. So mm -hmm. spiritlife.814 at gmail.com. And like Lisa said, we'll be happy to share resources with you. Um, Happy to have dialogue with you as well. Mm -hmm. We also have a website, spirit-life-ministries.org. Mm-hmm. Okay, I keep forgetting if it's org or .com. <laughs> I'm over here lip-syncing. <laughs> yes. So the website is spirit-life-ministries.org. Yeah, and actually we go to places and we do workshops to get people to get out of the four walls of the church to minister um, yeah. so we, we can do with that. We can help you with that. We have a grace for that and we love doing that. So Absolutely. if that's you, give us a shout and we'll, we'll get hooked up. Absolutely. <laughs> so this one was a little bit longer than normal, but that's okay. That's okay. It's we been a couple of weeks. We covered all the information. Yeah. yeah. We know you missed us. So we needed to spend a little bit longer <laughs> time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we're going to go ahead and pray this out. 
So, Father God, we thank you for this time. Lord, I just speak your blessings over everyone who hears this. I pray that their hearts would be open to receive what truth you have uh, in regard to not only end time stuff, Lord, but just your love for them. I just pray that we would all grow closer and closer to you mm. and that um, we would not be confused or dismayed or, or scared in the last days, but instead, like your word tells us, we're going to look forward to it because we know that you're at work and we know that in the end, you win and we get to be with you. So we thank you, Father God. We give you praise and we worship you. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Mm. Amen. Amen. All right. Bye, guys. See you guys later.